All right, and welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us along with Angel Munoz filling in this week for Steve Kaplowitz as it's uh, spring break this upcoming week. But it's not spring break for the UTEP Miners as they've got a chance to play some postseason basketball in the Basketball Classic. And joining us on the phones to start our number two is UTEP head coach Joe Golding. Coach, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Congrats on for the team uh, to get this postseason opportunity. No, I appreciate that. You know, this team is, uh, you know, proud of this team. They've been through a lot this year. They battled, and uh, they wanted to continue to play, and they've earned that right uh, with the record that they've had this year and some of the success that we've had. And uh, to have the opportunity to play at home uh, one more time and have this team to play together, um, I'm excited for them. So the Miners tip things off tomorrow. It's going to be Tuesday, March 15th. It's a 5 o'clock tip-off out at the Haskins Center. They're going to be hosting Western Illinois. Coach, take me through this decision to make this possible over the weekend, and what led uh, everything to be solidified for this? Yeah, it was player-driven, uh, Adrian. We put it in their hands. Uh, we, we, we obviously went to our you know senior guys and told them to you know get with the team and um, we, they uh, and decide kind of what they wanted to do. If we were going to do it, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, the group really wanted to participate and do it. And if not, we'd move on to, uh, you know, squash year one, move on to year two and start recruiting. But uh, uh, they, these guys wanted to play, and I, I'm excited for them. You know, we, we left them, in, 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 again, in their hands. They wanted to continue to play. Uh, and so uh, that's the decision they made, and I support it 100%. Oh, that's great, and I'm glad that you have those senior players who can make those veteran type of uh, decisions right there, uh, and, and I think it's great for the program, too. I mean, it's been a long time since the Miners have had a chance to actually play in postseason basketball. Coach, it's been since uh, 2014-15 since the Miners had a chance to play any sort of postseason basketball. Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot on the line, man, tomorrow night, you know. I mean, we're playing our first postseason game, like you said. Um, we got a chance to win 20 games for the first time in a long time. Um, so, you know, th- those are a lot of things that, uh, you know, can give us a lot of momentum moving forward uh, into year two uh, here as we wrap up um, year one. And, again, this team has done some really, really good things uh, this year. And, and, obviously, year one is – um, it's been a success, you know. Um, there's a lot of programs over there on year one that don't come out of the gate like we do, but uh, we obviously said it in the press conference and uh, we wanted to win uh, in year one and put a product on the floor that can compete uh, in this league and, and get UTEP back. And, uh, you know, I think people are a little bit misled by these postseason tournaments. You know, this started years ago. Um, obviously, you had the NCAA tournament, which is uh, the ticket everybody wants. Uh, then you got the NIT, which is a bunch of guaranteed bids from people that win their conferences or uh, a lot of Power Five uh, schools that don't make the NCAA tournament. And then these other tournaments have branched off, and it's been a great way for uh, a lot of other programs to continue uh, to play basketball, to continue to develop their programs, to continue to uh, market uh, their programs uh, to recruits uh, into the country. And uh, you look back, there's plenty of examples. You mentioned one to me yesterday in practice back at UTEP. Uh, about 10, 12, something, whatever it was years ago. That's uh, right. They you know, went to that tournament, and then it led to, to an NCAA tournament the next year. We did that at Abilene Christian. Uh, we played Drake in the in the postseason in a CBI or CIT. I forgot which one it was. And then that, that led to the next year making the NCAA tournament. North Texas has done this recently in the last four or five years. So, you know, these, these, these uh, tournaments are opportunities to continue to play, continue to build your program, uh, and uh, – you know, uh, that, that, that's the exciting thing uh, for, for, for us uh, and for our program right now. 
Most definitely. And Coach, the, 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 uh, the, the tournament that you're alluding to right now, you're exactly right. The CBI of 2009, which the Miners went all the way to the championships and they lost to Oregon State. But the year right after that uh, is the last, actually the last season that the Miners went to the NCAA tournament. In 2010, uh, they lose to Butler, but they're the 11th seed right there. They, they lose to Houston in the Conference USA championships, but still get the at-large bid. So these uh, postseason tournaments, you're right, they can really propel you for the next season and and more more for that coach I'm curious to know with the athletic department and when you had to go to them and tell them about the uh, postseason tournament and what you wanted to do what was their support were they uh, fully supportive of this yeah absolutely Jim Singer I mean the conversation literally lasted 30 seconds man he he was excited for our guys he said he had to talk to Dr. Wilson and call me back and um, said hey let's do this man these guys deserve it and uh, again, I think it's another chance to continue to market our program as we're, we're trying to build this program back. Uh, you know, this program has so much history and tradition. Um, it's been a part of, of, of so much of college basketball's history. Uh, but a lot of that's been in the past, you know, and we've got to build this thing back up. And this is a step uh, in the right direction, I think, um, of building momentum and uh, having the opportunity to play, um, you know, in postseason play, uh, experience that. Again, it's been a long time since we've experienced that. Um, and then obviously get to the 20-win mark, which in college basketball is, is really, really, really hard uh, to do. And we played one less game this year than what we were allowed. You know, we were allowed, the, you know, in the non-conference with conference, 31 games. We only played 30 this year. And so for our team to, to have the opportunity to get to 20, uh, that's a milestone that, that's hard to reach uh, in college basketball. And, uh, you know, it would, would be big for our uh, program. But uh, we've got a challenge. Man, we've had a quick turnaround here with Western Illinois. Uh, they're a scary team. Um, they shoot a bunch of threes. Uh, we will remind our fans a little bit of Marshall, and, and we know how Marshall went uh, for us. And uh, so it's obviously a quick turnaround, and these things are tricky, man. Again, that's why I left it in our players' hands and why this thing's player-driven is because, um, you know, you, 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 there's certain teams that, at this time of year that have checked it in, and uh, they would prefer to be on spring break right now. Um, and then there's teams that really want to continue to play and are motivated uh, to, to <laughs> compete and win a trophy and compete uh, in a tournament. So uh, hopefully we're one of those teams that's uh, still locked in, still wants to compete. Um, and, I, and I think we will when the ball gets tipped tomorrow. Again, we've got UTEP head coach Joe Golding joining us on the phone lines as we continue here on Sports Talk today. Coach, it was announced today, like you alluded to, it's Western Illinois who will come to the Haskins Center and take on your minors. Uh, this team right now finished the season 16-15 and 15 overall in the Summit League. They bowed out in the opening round of the conference tournament to Oral Roberts. Uh, their head coach, Rob Jeter, has shown significant progress since he took over last year. They went from a seven-win team all the way to now a 16-win team this season. What, what's, a, what's your first impression on this group? Yeah, I'm impressed. I mean, again, they're very skilled offensively. Um, they, they've got uh, two transfers, or actually three of their best players are transferred, maybe more. I haven't actually looked at the entire deal, but the uh, big kid, uh, 44, is from uh, UTSA. They got another big uh, power forward. Number two is from UAB. Uh, their point guard and leading scorer we actually played against the last two years in the Southland Conference at Northwestern State. Um, and he went up to uh, West Illinois this year where he's averaging 16 points a game and, um, you know, I think was the second team all-league player. And, um, again, they're a scary team. They're, they're very similar to Rice uh, and Marshall. Uh, they spread the floor out, a lot of ball screen actions. Four out of the five players on the floor uh, can shoot threes. So, you know, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, they beat the University of Nebraska – uh, early in the season, they've had, uh, 
you know, they, they, they lost to DePaul uh, by four points. They beat Northern Kentucky um, early in the, in the year. So they had a great non-conference um, schedule, um, and, you know, and uh, you know, they've done some good things. They beat North Dakota State. Uh, they, they beat Oral Roberts. Uh, so this is a good team uh, coming here, Adrian. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, again, the teams that uh, they are still playing, um, uh, you know, they've won some basketball games. They've had some big wins, and they've earned the right also. So uh, we got a work cut out for us tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, real quick, I, I, I do remember Barisic, uh, uh, Luka Barisic, who came here from UTSA. He played the minors, actually played against Titus Verhoeven uh, in his sophomore season. So, yes, I definitely remember that guy for sure, uh, and minor fans might remember him as well. But, Coach, uh, just going more with uh, West. Western Illinois, is it safe to say rebounding is the biggest thing for this one? Western Illinois comes into this one as one of the best rebounding teams in the Summit League. Yeah, you know, I think rebounding is, uh, is definitely up there. Uh, you know, if, if not number one, you know, it's right there in the top. Usually we have five keys, and but rebounding will be, will be up there. And then obviously the three-point line, you know, uh, the, uh, guarding the three-point line, defending the three-point line, which is something we have struggled a little bit uh, here um, late, late in the year. Um, so those, those are definitely two, two keys, you know, taking care of the ball, um, you know, so you don't give them extra possessions because they're so explosive. Uh, offensively will be important things. I think also, Adrian, on a quick turnaround like this, you don't really have time to know too much in the game planning. You know, we'll, we'll have – we've been obviously at it all morning um, and, and here uh, after lunch, and uh, we got practice today at 4 o'clock, and we'll try to put in a game plan and then come back tomorrow and have a shoot-around. But, uh, you, you know – Probably more so is just, hey, this is their strengths, and we're going to try to take some of that away. But we don't have time to necessarily game plan for three or four days here. It's you got to trust your team. you got to trust our guys, what's worked for us. Uh, and I'm sure Western Illinois is the same way. They'll trust what's been working for them. So on quick turnarounds like this, uh, you know, there is game planning, but it's not as much. Uh, it's more, um, you know, uh, of what we've been good at and try to be good at that. And what we haven't been good at, let's try to let's try to be better at that. The basketball classic is the postseason tournament that UTEP will be playing in starting tomorrow at five o'clock. Coach, from a financial standpoint, could this benefit the program by any chance? Just out of curiosity. You know what? I'm not smart enough to be in those meetings, Adrian. Huh? So I don't have a clue. Dude. Uh, th- those are for the. I'm just an old basketball coach, man. Th- those. Uh, as for our administration to decide, I-, I will say this: I think it's great with what they're doing. Uh, you know, we're doing ten dollars tickets anywhere in the Don, um, yeah, except on the floor. I think those are twenty bucks or twenty-five dollars uh, to go sit on the floor. But ten dollars gets you anywhere else uh, in the Don, um, and I think that's a fair and, and good price. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, and uh, hopefully we can put a crowd at spring break. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. Our students are gone. Our faculty, uh, staff are gone. Our campus is a little bit empty right now, but uh, I know our administration is pushing really, really hard to the city of El Paso. I appreciate you guys' help uh, to try to get it out there because, yes, you know, in these tournaments, how it works, the bigger your crowds are, uh, the, the more you have an opportunity to host the next round if we're fortunate enough to win. Uh, it's, it's completely based on, you know, crowds and where uh, the tournament thinks it can make some money as well. So, uh, you know, well, we, have the, we have a passionate fan base. Our, our fan base has been incredible this year, especially towards the end of the season, and they will continue to come out and support us, uh, and, we're, and we're fortunate enough to get a win. Hopefully we can continue to host games and our crowds can grow. And, again, to your point, um, money is important, obviously, but at the same time more important to me and uh, our players and, and our program and the city of El Paso is just building this program back and this brand back to where it was. And, 
uh, I think we can gain a lot of momentum here uh, if we're fortunate enough to, to, to get some wins. Two more for me, Coach. First off, uh, you, you already discussed where possibly for the Miners could play if they advance in this postseason tournament. I know you don't like to look too far ahead, but any idea when you could play next? I, I know there's no details on, again, the location, but just trying to think about the timeline here for Miner fans. Yeah, I do not know on that. Um, I, I would assume how most of these have worked in the past. Uh, you know, you, you they try to get the first round in before the NCAA tournament, you know, starts, which sure. makes sense. I, w- I would assume most of these games are Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and then uh, when the March Madness tournament is going on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, they usually stay away a little bit and they'll come back the following week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. Um, it's usually sure. how these things have, have kind of worked. Uh, but. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I guess it would all depend on too how many teams in the bracket, what it looks like. But uh, I, I would, if I was guessing, I would say sometime later this weekend or early next week would be round two. Perfect. Again, minor fans could go online today at utepminers.com slash tickets. Again, that's utepminers.com slash tickets to get $10 general admission tickets or $25 courtside seat tickets. Coach, last one for me. want to ask you about the fan base. They showed up for the senior day against Mid- uh, North Texas. They showed up in the Conference USA tournament all weekend long out in Frisco. How much has the fan base meant to you personally just knowing that uh, they they're behind you guys to close out the rest of this season. Man, it's been unbelievable. Um, I knew it. That's why I took the job uh, because people care. Uh, people care uh, about UTEP um, and basketball, and people care about UTEP athletics. And uh, that was uh, you know very uh, appealing to me uh, on this job. And I've been just uh, I was blown away in Frisco, man. I mean, I was I was really uh, proud of, of our fans uh, in the month of January and February. Our crowds continue to grow. Uh, I thought the crowd at the North Texas game was incredible, um, and then, uh, but obviously, room for improvement. We got to continue to to work at it. We have to continue to do our po- uh, job uh, and win basketball games here in the dawn. Um, and uh, our fans have to continue to do what they're doing and continue to fill that place up. It's it's a bigger piece. Uh, you know, recruiting's important, scheduling's important, uh, but at the same time, uh, having a home court advantage and packing this thing is is up there. You know, um, to, to to get this program back. Uh, to where we want it to be. And so, again, this is another opportunity for that um, as, uh, as, as we're fortunate to host the game and hopefully can host a, a couple more uh, in this thing. So I'm uh, very thankful, um, very appreciative. I know our players were, and they definitely made a difference uh, in Frisco. Man, it was really, really cool to see almost three sections um, full of uh, UTEP fans, man. But, uh, uh, you know, again, we're moving in the right direction. Cheer one. Uh, we got to trust the process. There's a lot of work still left to do, man, but we're heading in the right direction. Coach, I know you're super busy. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk with us here on the show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow uh, at the Haskins Center. I agree. Appreciate it. Thanks for all you guys do. You got it, Coach. Thanks again. Coach Joe Golding joining us on the phone lines as we continue here on Sports Talk. Take a time out right now. When we come back, one of our good friends, A.J. Hotchkins, and a whole lot of different things going on with his life, including a really cool benefit that he has right now going on in martial arts. That conversation and more coming up right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. And brought us here filling in for Steve Kaplowitz. Time to welcome in one of our good friends, A.J. Hotchkins. Local content innovator, fitness creator, 
in between everything he's doing, uh, he just recently took up the sport of jiu-jitsu. He competed recently at high level, so want to want to talk about that. You can subscribe. Now, the best way to interact with AJ is to subscribe to his content on Patreon. And now, if you're not sure what Patreon really is, it's, uh, it's a great platform for you to share content. It's a way for content creators to benefit off this. And, um, you know, when we're talking about this, it's a paid subscription to get in. But 50% of the proceeds will be donated to the Zen martial arts of El Paso, the kids kickboxing team, which is awesome. You can go to fit with Jay on Instagram. That's probably the best place for you to look at all the different links he's got going on. Or you could just go to ajhotchkins.com and check his, check out his YouTube channel, check out his uh, very popular TikTok account, check out everything that he's got doing. Oh, and by the way, the footnote of all this is he led Conference USA in tackles in 2018 for the Miners. What's up, AJ? What's going on, guys? I appreciate the intro. That was nice. Was that I good enough? I that one up, yeah. Okay, I, wrote, I had to write it down. That's why. Yeah, no, I appreciate <laughs> you, brother. I appreciate you. How's, how's life, man? Life has been great, man. Life has been great. Um, you kind of hit everything, um, you know, kind of entering combat sports. You know, like I, I love it um, as a competitor. You know, obviously I played at UTEP. Like you hit the intro. Um, had 126 tackles for those guys. And this has just been a w- way for me to like kind of like like revamp myself and like go out and compete. You know what I mean? And, and I love it. And it's a way for me to better myself. So and we kind of talked about that before we got hopped on. But um, yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's crazy because I before we even uh, you know t- got uh, got into this conversation today, I was revisiting uh, some of our old conversation with Kalei Griffin from Shredskins, nice. and uh, he was telling uh, you were telling us at the time that you were getting ready for kickboxing. So from that timeline, way back in August when we were making season predictions on UTEP and talking about your life and and what you've done in the social media world. You've now converted to jiu-jitsu. Give us the timeline of everything. Well, so um, I guess my overall goal, I, I want to compete in uh, MMA. You know what I mean? So MMA is a, is, uh, stands for mixed martial arts, you know. And so, like, for me, uh, competing in jiu-jitsu is a little bit different. It's more of, like, grappling, so there's no strikes being thrown. Um, I did have a, uh exhibition kickboxing match. I think back in October. I remember that. Yeah. So, and then, you know, like I like I told you on my way in here, like my goal is to be more active, compete more. Um, I talked a little bit about the nerves. It's funny, you know, I, like I think people don't think I get nervous because I played at like high level sports, like in front of, and I think everyone gets a little bit nervous. And um, kind of like I was saying, man, like in, in mixed martial arts, you have like it's you versus you and it's you versus your opponent. Opponent. So there's really no time to be nervous. I, I came out, I lost my first one, and then I won out three in a row. I believe it's three or four in a row. Um, it's just been a really awesome experience. But, yeah, I, I guess my, my overall goal is to compete in MMA. So, like, whatever combat sport experience I could get, uh, like, I'm taking up right now. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand. Where are you training at right now? So I'm training at Zen Martial Arts. So And I love those guys. Those guys have been great to me. Um, I've been training there probably – Maybe about the last nine months. When's okay. the last time I came in here? Yeah, it's like August. Yeah, Isn't like crazy. Like, uh, yeah, probably August. Okay, so yeah, probably about eight, nine months now. I've been training seriously, probably for the last like three months, where I've been like really focusing my energy towards like combat sports. Um, and again, like yeah, just looking for opportunities to compete. You know what I mean? And I love it. Um, you know, those guys have been great to me over there. I probably go once, once, twice a day. So. Um, that's kind of where I've been focusing my energy, among other things, like obviously my influencer stuff. Um, but, and, you know, using my platform to like inspire people because I'm a, it's crazy. I'm a, I'm brand new. 
like I'm a, I'm a high level athlete, but I'm also like brand new to like combat sport, right? Yeah. So, like me going in there, like I remember my first couple weeks, dude. I'm like, what are we doing? I'm like, I look funny doing this, and I'm like looking around, and I think it's really awesome for anyone to like go into something, especially as an adult. You should never stop learning. Go into something, be a beginner, like look dumb, like like be embarrassed in front of people and overcome it. And it's awesome to kind of like see like my own progression um, and just moving forward. You know what I mean? So the jiu-jitsu competition was super cool, super fun. Um, I won the absolute division, which was cool. Um, and, again, it's just like kind of like a measuring stick because, again, my, my, my overall goal is to compete in MMA. Um, but I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's all fun. Isn't it crazy how, as a society right now, we're just afraid to fail? And you're embracing that kind of stuff right now. Well, dude, yeah. So, like, I posted my failure. My, my, my. It was it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm shooting like a YouTube video, like I'm vlogging, and I'm like, man, like, so like, like I have everything set up. I have my photographer there. Like, I have, like, uh, it's, it's crazy. So anyway, I go zero and one, and I lose within the first minute. And I've like never, honestly, like I'll be honest with you, I've never experienced like that level of like embarrassment and like failure, like in front of a lot of people. When was like, this? This is the jiu-jitsu tournament. This, this was weekend. on Saturday. Yeah. Wow. And so I lose uh, via guillotine. Like, I don't know if, you know, you guys know what that is listening. But I shoot for a takedown. I get caught in, like, a front headlock, lock, which is a guillotine. And I lose within uh, one minute. And I'm, like, this super high-level athlete. Like, I look, and I'm not being arrogant. Like, I look a little bit different than everybody else that's, like, competing in the tournament. I saw the video. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could attest to that. So I'm like, ah, man, like, this is not a good look. I'm 0-1. And that was elimination. So I was like, okay, so I'm out of that bracket. I moved into the next one. Um, and I'm like, dude, if I go 0-2, like, what am I going to say? Because I don't hide content. Like, whatever I post is, like, real life. Like, what happened? Like, I don't sugarcoat. Like, I would have been like, hey, guys, like, I lost two in a row. Like, it's not good. I got to get better. Like, like use this as motivation to get better. You know what I mean? Anyway, I, I ended up winning one and I was like, okay, cool. Like I won one, still a little bit nervous, still like shaking like the pregame, like pre-competition jitters. Won another one, started to feel a little bit more confident. I ended up winning the third one in the championship for the um, absolute division, which is like no weight class. And again, the only part you messed up on the introduction was um, I'm a white belt, so it's not like high level grappling. Okay. This is like beginner level grappling, which is kind of important because it's like I, I lost in a beginner level like grappling tournament. You know what I mean? I see. And I'm a high level athlete. Jiu Jitsu is a little bit different because one wrong move with the neck and like you're going to sleep. You know what I mean? So really? It's, well, yeah. Like if somebody has your neck, yeah, dude. Yeah. So that <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. First, first minute. I like literally like looked up and I was like, wow, that just happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you like when you take somebody down like that? Do you kind of feel it coming on? Like, oh man, he's he's about to get there. Like he's he's uh, he's gonna get he's gonna tap me out, dude. Like, so it's funny. Like in um, you know, like that match, I just was not in the moment. Like I always talk about like living in the moment. Like we should just be present, like right here, not worrying about other things. And I don't know where my head was at. Like in fact, I don't even really re- remember the match. Like I feel like it was like an outer body experience. That's a really weird thing to say. No, but that makes a lot but, of sense. But it, yeah, it's like, and I gave you the the um, the analogy, like you know, when you're playing football, you know, like I would always be super nervous. But 
once I hit the field, I'd still be nervous. You know, I get my first contact maybe like three plays in. So I'd be like half asleep, like literally on the field for like maybe a series. And then the next series, like somebody hits me and I'm like, dude, I'm in the game right now. Like I need to be in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like there would be like, and I kid you not, like even at UTEP, like I remember the New Mexico State game, like for a story, the New Mexico State game, I was asleep for like four series. And I was like, dude, I I just don't know what's wrong with me. And it's because I just hadn't gotten any contact and I didn't feel like I was in the game. And like, if you ask me like, hey, what were you doing there? I'd be like, I don't know. Wow. It's no, kind of weird. But yeah, I've heard this from football players before. That they crave contact. Like they they rely on contact and they to actually like seek Yeah, they yeah. seek it first. You might have that first kind of dummy hit, which yes. doesn't really mean anything. It might not be a tackle, might not be anything like that, but you might have that first one to kind of get you going. Yeah. Well, dude, like you know, like even like we played at Tennessee when I was at UTEP. I also played at Oregon, you say that, but also played at Oregon like you know, there are 80,000 people watching you. And it's like it feels the same, though. Like, I was at a jiu-jitsu tournament. There was, like, 32 people maybe watching me. And I was, like, felt the same. Because it's just, like, live, you know, like, repetition, live, like, competitive, like, one versus one. And it's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? It's it very kind of interesting. And there has been times, like, you know, at Oregon, I was like, dude, like, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm here right now. You know, I don't feel like I'm here. And then you get a little bit of contact, and you're like, like kind of like who you're talking about. You get a hit, and you're like, oh, man, I'm in the game. You know what I mean? So it's it's really kind of an interesting concept. I don't know. I'm going to switch it up real you're quick. Good. Okay, because I'm going to stay on the same topic. You're, you've got millions of followers and likes on TikTok, which we all, we've, we've covered on this show already, right? Okay, the, the one thing I want to ask you, and I know the answer to this because I watched your video. Do, does anybody that you fight with or fight against – do they ever tell you like, oh, hey, great fight? Uh, I, by the way, I've I've seen your workout videos and I follow them all the time, dude. Yeah. So, oh my god, I didn't I didn't even hit on that. So the dude, right? So the jiu-jitsu tournament, going back to my first loss as a combat sport athlete. So I get up and I'm like extremely like kind of like shocked, like I'm out of the moment, like I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I got my photographer here. There's, there's all this stuff that does not matter. It actually doesn't matter. Like, it's just me. It's it's internal. But anyway, I get up. He, like, shakes my hand after, like, slapping the mat. And it's all good. Like, if you win, like, I believe that you should celebrate however you want. I won't be offended. Like, I lost. Like, it's all good. Like, if I win and I celebrate, like, all good. There's no hard feelings. So he gets up, slaps the mat. He's, like, he's lit, dude. Like, he's excited. So, um, anyway... He, he, we're shaking hands. He's like, bro, you're a beast. Like, I follow you on social media. <laughs> to make matters worse. <laughs> no, that's not what you want to hear at that point. Dude, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this cannot get any worse. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no. I can't literally, do this right now. No. Literally, that's what he told me. Are you He's serious? like, you're a beast, bro. Did that just like, infuriate you? I, you know what? Like I, like, I never really get mad, but I was just like, man, like, it's kind of it's different losing because it's like, dude, like you can't be mad. You can only get better. You know what I mean? At that point, yeah. it's like I've lost, and again, it's not like I can, there's nobody to blame. You know what I mean? Like I get you. when it's one versus one, and you beat me at like checkers. Like who do I blame? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like it's you. It's it's all self accountability. So again, I'm just like, man, like I have to get better. I have to figure this out, and that's what I love about combat sports. Like. I have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's between me and me, you know? Makes so, total sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how's the MMA scene in El Paso? What's what's it like here? I don't know, man. Um, I'm not. I I'm so raw to it. Like I haven't been a ton of different places. You know what I mean? To like say like whether or not you know it's great, whether or not it's good, bad. Um, you know, I don't. I really don't know. To be honest, what's with the you. competition like for you personally? I mean, for me personally, and this is again, this is why I love it so much because you know, combat sports is a little bit different, especially jujitsu. Like. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't mean to make, like, arrogant statements, but, like, I'm a very high-level athlete. I'm a specimen. But I will literally go and lose to, like, a computer scientist in jiu-jitsu. Like, legitimately. Yes. That's, like, 56 years old and is just super technical and has been training for 12 years. So, for me, you know, it's very easy for me right now to find competition. But in MMA, it's a little bit different because there, it's a little bit more, um, I think it's dynamic. To where it's like, you know, there's more options. Like you can strike, you can kick, you can grapple. There's a lot. There's a lot more. So my athleticism plays a bigger role in MMA than it does jujitsu. I've noticed. But finding competition is not hard at all. Like I go and I'm probably about fifty fifty in MMA. Like if I'm sparring MMA, I'm probably about fifty fifty at the gym that I go to. Jujitsu, I lose more than I win. To be honest, like, you know, um, like thirty seventy maybe. Okay. And wow. I think I think as a human, especially yeah, like I think as a human, like you should lose as much as you can tolerate because you continue to learn from loss, right? So um, Jordan Peterson talks about like the forty sixty rule or the sixty forty rule, and I kind of live by that. I'm like, what can I tolerate? Can I tolerate losing sixty percent of the time without becoming discouraged? Um, and if that's the case, then I lose sixty percent of the time, and I seek that out. I'm like, I need to seek more challenging opportunities. You know, and not just in competition, but just in general. Like, how often am I losing? Like, I can lose this interview right now by saying messing up and saying something, and it might be challenging, right? Right. So I think that just seeking challenges 60-40, or do you want to win 60% of the time and lose 40? I think there's a very fine line, because if you're losing 90% of the time, nobody wants to do that. Like, if me and you are playing, I'll give you another example, like chess or checkers, right? And you just beat me every single time. Like, I'm like, dude, this is no fun. I don't want to play with this guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, of like, course. I think it's like 60 40. There's like a very happy medium where you got to kind of seek out competition, but you also don't want to lose all of the time. You know what I mean? So, I think um, where I'm at right now, Zen Martial Arts, you spoke of it. I think there's great competition there for me um, right now, and I, I feel really good. You know what I mean? I, I, I Like, competitively, I feel like I'm in the right spot. And I love the coaching staff there as well. So. Well, you're giving back to the program, too. So you're, you're trying, kicking yeah. back 50% of your proceeds that you get on Patreon back to the kids kickboxing at uh, at the gym that you go to. Now, my big question is, what's the youth program there like? What, what's that What's that really like? Dude, they do a really good job. So I can't really speak on it. Like, I don't have – like, I'm not very much involved with, like, the kids in general. Yeah, from an observer. But what do you just, see? like, observation-based, dude, they have a ton of kids in there. Like, if you guys are listening to this, please bring your kids to Zen Martial Arts. It's – awesome there like the coaching staff again like super family oriented like I think combat sports a lot of times get like a bad rap it's like oh these are aggressive it's actually the opposite I think combat sport athletes are like the most peaceful like easygoing like non like aggressive people in the world because they know where they're at and I think um you know like for me like that'll be a 1000% mandatory like in my house like kids are doing martial arts because I think um, like you're never going to get bullied and you'll never be a bully. And I think you'll stand up for kids that are being bullied. You know what I mean? I agree. Because you know where you're at. 
like That's you awesome. know, if you know jujitsu, you kind of know where you're at. You are those I mean? are those kids just like the the heads are tight are, are screwed on the right way like the best kind of yeah kids out there? like and I think they're playful I think it's a really good place to go and play for kids you know nice. what I mean it's like productive way to go and be like playful and creative it's an art mixed martial arts you know what I mean of course it's just like painting it's like literally it's I, I mean I believe that I mean maybe not everybody does but I think it is really an art and I think it's a way to like really challenge your creativity I think the best mixed martial artists are creative. Yeah, you know I, I mean? I'm with you on that. Now, you also do training on the site. Now, you train people, but you also train, like, intensively for yourself. Like, talk about both those things. Yeah, so um, I actually just opened my schedule up. If you guys uh, are listening and want to become more functional, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. That's my selling point. Like, become more functional. I think just building a more functional body, and as a byproduct of that, I think you will look better. You will feel better. Um, and again, you will function better when you go to sit down in a chair, no more back pain, you know, or n- no more knee pain because you're actively moving your body anyway. So, yeah. So uh, that's kind of like the focal point of not only my training myself, which is like like really crossed over from when I was a football player. I'm like, dude, lift as much weight as possible, get as strong as possible, be as big and sturdy as possible. And I think now I'm like, hey, man, like I want to be as dynamic as possible. Like I'm like cat like, dude, I'm like all over the but anyway, yeah, so that's kind of like 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 my training mechanism. And I actually don't train that hard myself. Really? On, well, I, well, I do when I go to Zen. I do. I, I would say I train harder there. But, um, like, my workouts for myself are just more functional. Like, I'm going through the motions, working different ranges of motion. Uh, like, I warm up 40 minutes. Like, I'm getting older. So I'm like, dude, as long as I'm feeling good, like, feel athletic, uh, feel bouncy, you know, like, I feel good. Um, I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm strong enough, I think. You know, and I think I, I talk about that all the time on my social media. I'm like, dude, a lot of people are strong enough. It's like not that you need to get stronger. It's like you need to be more like fluid and athletic. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Even I'm just for relating football players. Yeah, yeah, I'm relating it to like pick up hoops like when I'm playing myself. I'm just like, yeah, dude. No, I'm trying to I'm trying to get better so I can hit a jump shot or not get tired after three games. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. Seriously. Jump higher, like uh less risk of injury. Um, less fatigue after you get done playing. So I actually have an online fitness app. I'm going to sell this to you right now. Okay. You should get on my online fitness app. There's this guy named Fit or uh, Life Coach Jesse, and he all he's like, dude, I love I love your recovery work. I love this work because when I do my pickup basketball, you brought up pickup basketball. That's why I'm bringing it up. He's like, I feel so much better when I'm playing, and I, that's all I care about. Like, dude, do you feel better? Are you moving better? Like, do you feel more agile? Like. Do you feel more alive? You know what I mean? Like, I want people to feel alive. And I think that's really important. You know okay. what I mean? So yeah. um, that's kind of my goal, man. But, yeah, so I have four clients right now. Like, I'm, like, it's not my, like, main thing. My main thing is really my my online fitness app. I love that. Um, it gives you an opportunity to just, like, if you're somebody that doesn't, like, goes to the gym, doesn't know what to do. Like, I have 100-plus workouts on there. I have a ton of different recovery workouts on there. Um, I have a ton of different programs on there. So if you're somebody that just wants to follow a program, like with video demonstration, with description, um, sets, amount of reps, et cetera, like it's an awesome opportunity for you. Or you can reach out to me if you're like, obviously all the listeners are going to be in El Paso for like one-on-one or group training. Um, But yeah, I love it, dude. Like I love interacting with people. I love helping people get better. Um, Yeah. 
you know, that's me. So yeah, you're you're also an open book. That's what I like about you. If anybody has questions, the, the, oh, I'm just got, talking, bro. No, <laughs> we, we straight up just put your uh, your Twitter handle in our in our uh, chat right now, or uh, excuse me, our our post earlier today on 600 ESPN El Paso, so people could just tap in and reach out to you there. It seems like you're an open book, though. Yeah, dude. Like whatever you like. I yeah, I'm like a like literally, and I'm like bouncing all over the place right now. I know. But I'm like, yeah, I just kind of say whatever comes to my head. Yeah, most you definitely. Know what I mean? Hey, I, I want to ask you, <laughs> speaking of say, says anything that comes to your head, I want to ask you some UTEP football questions next, okay? Let's do it, bro. All right, we're going to take a timeout right now. More with A.J. Hodgkins as we continue. If you have a question for him, tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso or send us a message on our free mobile app powered by United Bank. We'll take a timeout right now. When we come back, more with A.J. Hodgkins coming up next on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian Bradis, Angel Munoz, AJ Hodgkins joining us here in the studio as we continue. 8805763, our telephone number. If you'd like to talk with AJ, uh, give us a call or send us a tweet at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. AJ, you uh, were a UTEP football player before you dove into the content creation game. And uh, as a UTEP football player, you saw you saw the lows for this program, but now you get to from afar. You're getting to witness the highs, which is uh, first bowl trip and first winning season since 2014. Well, I mean, outside looking in, just looking at this program. You're your, your thoughts on this past year for the Miners? Dude, I thought it was awesome. I thought they played really well. I, I probably went to two or th- maybe two games. I watched maybe a total of four games. I thought they looked really good, especially defensively. Yeah. Really, 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 really good defensively. Saw a ton of improvements there. Um, I think they're getting better talent-wise. Like, And I think I may have said that the last time I was on the show before I made a, a bad prediction, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think, they, I think they're looking a lot better talent-wise. Just overall, and I'm kind of excited to see what they do this upcoming year. I know Gavin's coming back. Obviously, that's big. I think they lost Cowan. Yep. Uh, lost JG. But outside of that, I don't think they, they – I think they're returning a lot of the guys. You, you played, know what I mean? Yeah, you played linebacker. What would you think of Breon Hayward, Tyree Snyder? I don't dude, know if you got a chance to look Breon at those two guys. Breon is a monster, dude. He and might like, come back. So – Oh, what what what's the situation on him? Well, so he was a graduate transfer from Marshall, so he was technically only awarded a year during COVID, oh, but yeah, he but got that second year with that. So now he's trying to appeal. Hey, I, I should actually have three years because he never really played at Marshall. I hope he so. does. So I was actually a, I was a I was a quality controls coach at UTEP. Um, Remember that? And I loved Breon, dude. Like Breon was one. He was one guy that came in like the first day, and I used to run the scout team. Uh, I used to run the scout team. Like special teams meetings, so like kickoff, kickoff return, whatever. And I was like, God, because I'm always trying to like like help people out. I'm like, guys, if you want to stand out, like you're on the scout team right now. If you want to stand out, trust me, run down full speed on scout team kickoff, and I can guarantee you, if you make a couple plays on scout team kickoff, fly around, like you will get promoted and you will get on the bus. Like get on the bus means like you will travel with the team, you will be on the special teams. Breon flies down there. Three times in a row, blows like a couple guys up, like not the ball carry, just running. All you got to do is run fast down the field, beat everybody down the field, show some effort, show that you want to be there. Like that was my message in the the, the um, meeting. He runs down there, blows up three plays. Um, I think Coach, ah, God, who was a special teams coach at the time? Robinson. Coach Robinson, yes. So Coach Robinson pulls him from the kickoff. He's like, hey, like no more, like you're good, like you, you'll come over here. And I'm like, dude, I love Breon. So it was really good to see Breon play really well uh, this last year. Um, Tyrese, like, uh, knew he was going to be a baller. Yeah. He's a baller. And he should be an NFL guy. 
I he's like six one, six two, runs really well. Thick kid, probably about two hundred twenty pounds. He looks good. You know what I mean? Both of them look good. Um, Breon had a really good year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's awesome to see both of those guys. You know, I just wish that more players would pl- uh, play in the league on Sundays. I, I don't know if that's a UTEP thing or if it's necessarily them getting more exposure. I mean, co- let's be honest, man. Conference USA doesn't give you the greatest exposure on their TV schedule. It's not like right. you're turning on ESPN Plus to watch UTEP Middle Tennessee on a random Saturday. You'd rather watch the game on, on CBS or the game on uh, ABC if you're just a casual college football fan. Yeah, you know, I you know, so I think that goes both ways, right? So, like, if you're just a, like even myself, like, I'm not going to watch North Texas versus UTSA. Like, I'm not going to watch no. that unless it's on Thursday night, Friday night, and there's no other games on, right? Like, I'd rather watch Alabama versus, you know, Tennessee or, you know, UCLA versus, you know, Colorado. Right. Like, honestly. But, you know, I think as an NFL scout, I think that, um, like, obviously, you know, like, uh, there's a ton of other teams in Conference USA. Like, people are going to the NFL out of Conference USA. The NFL does not discriminate when it comes to that. I don't I think agree. at all. I think that level of competition obviously does help you get into the NFL. However, it is not the end-all, be-all, right? Like, so if you play at a D2, there's guys getting drafted out of D2s. You know what I mean? There's guys getting drafted out of D1AA's. Um, there's plenty of guys getting drafted out of everywhere. So I don't think I don't think UTEP or Conference USA is a limitation at all when it comes to NFL um, so yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more guys get NFL opportunities as well. Um, you know, that's something that like I went to the pro day a couple of day or last week, whatever. And there was one NFL scout there and I'm like, dude, like who's in charge of getting like these guys opportunities, who's in charge of like getting NFL scouts to watch these guys compete. Cause they deserve it, dude. They just came off a bowl game. I think Bobby DeHaro was a legitimate like NFL prospect, I think he. I clocked him. I had my stopwatch there at four nine, uh, low four nine, wow. high four eight. I don't know what the official time was. Even running sub five, exactly. anything sub as five a as an O lineman that weighs two hundred ninety two or whatever, whatever he weighs, he's a beast. You know what I mean? I think Devon Inyang is another kid. Like I'm like, dude, this dude is a monster. Like you turn on his film, he's all over the field. I think he's a legitimate NFL prospect. I also think um, who was the other one? The the I didn't play. Are you with talking this about guy. JG? Are you talking about Walter Neal? Walter Neal had another. He was an. I don't know how he played this year. I didn't. He was watch very it. good. What, okay, so I thought he was another guy that like has a legitimate shot at the NFL. He ran really well. JG surprised me a little bit. JG ran. I think ran like low four six, high four five on his first attempt at the forty. He ran well. Nice. You know what I mean? And I think. Just regardless, man, like these guys are putting like a ton of effort into the program. They're really in like if you if you look at it from like a primal standpoint, like they're going out there and they're putting their lives on the line because that's the reality of it. It's like so I think, you know, like whoever's responsible for getting NFL scouts to the NFL pro day like needs to get NFL scouts there. That like, is a glaring issue. I agree. It's a glaring issue. Last year there was no pro day. The year before that, it trickled down. My year, I think we had like 17 NFL scouts wow. there. And you can't say, oh, well, it's because Nick Needham. No, not really. You know what I mean? Not really. I think Nick Needham's a, a great athlete, obviously. But, I mean, he's no better than Bob, uh, prospect-wise, better than Bobby DeHaro. You look at his NFL career now, and you're like, oh, yeah, duh, Nick Needham. But it's like, no. You know what I mean? It took him a while to get there. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? So, I think that, you know, we've just seen it, like – go downward you know since like our my first year at UTEP and like 
I think, you know, we got to get these kids like NFL like opportunities and it looks good on the program. I agree. I agree completely, man. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, like it looks good on the program. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Hey, AJ, we ran out of time this hour. I can't thank you enough for all the great time. Uh, You know, hour flies by with you. It it really does. But I really appreciate everything that you do for the city of El Paso and the world of sports uh, and everything that you do in in content creation. So uh, best way for people to follow you, best way for people to support you. Okay, guys, so yeah, underscore fit with J, fit with J, and another underscore at the end of that. Um, that'll be my Instagram. Uh, best bet for you guys, man, to support myself is by going and clicking the link in my bio. Uh, I do have my online fitness app. If you are looking for ser- like a serious personal trainer, uh, reach out to me for that as well. Um, but click the link in my bio, subscribe to my online fitness app. You can start that today for a dollar. If you don't like it, uh, leave. No hard feelings at all. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the city of El Paso. I'll be here for another year or so. Um, love you guys, man. I appreciate you guys. Hey, we appreciate it, I love it, ESPN uh, Radio as well for having me on. Oh, appreciate you guys. Hey, we love coming uh, whenever you get the chance to stop by. We'll do this more often. We'll get you back before the summer for sure. Let's okay. uh, revisit this jujitsu talk for sure. So uh, we'll have you soon. Thanks again for stopping by. I man. appreciate you guys. Thank all right. You. AJ Hodgkins uh, joining us here on Sports Talk. Coming up next, Sean Paul talking NCAA brackets. That's next here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, third and final hour of Sports Talk is underway. Angel Munoz, Adrian Bratis taking you through a busy Monday afternoon and now evening. 8805763, our telephone number if you'd like to get in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Special thanks to AJ Hotchkins for joining us on the phones. We're getting ready to have Sean Paul from Making the Madness talking some NCAA tournament. Uh, just wait, waiting to get Sean here on the phones as we continue here on Sports Talk today. A lot of NFL free agency news to get to as well. Uh, some recent ones that came in. Uh, I had in, in a little bit of cleanup from earlier today. Caesar Esparza mentions that uh, Cedric Wilson signed with the Dolphins. That's correct. Uh, little little bit of cleanup there, and that is exactly right. Cedric Wilson. Wilson uh, coming, and he actually did sign with the Dolphins from the Dallas Cowboys. They said that they were trying to reach an agreement with him, and it didn't come to fruition. So that is definitely the case right there. And I appreciate Cesar Esparza tweeting us on uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. Now time to jump out to our hotline and welcome on one of our favorites. It's uh, that time of year, and it's the busiest time of year, and that is uh, us talking some college basketball. And it's with Sean Paul today of Making the Madness podcast. Check him out wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out Sean Paul on Patreon. We just had AJ Hodgkins promote Patreon, and we we kind of went through the intricacies that go on there. But five dollars gets you great premium content for college basketball, all written by Sean Paul, and he's joining us here on the phone lines right now. Sean, it's March. Thank you so much for joining us, and really appreciate the time. Yeah, always happy to be on. You know, it's a fun time of year, and I appreciate you guys bringing me back on. Oh, of course, man. We we had to uh, bring you on for sure. Uh, and let's start off and l- let's just jump into it right away. Don't want to waste any time because I told our listeners to wait until they uh, submit their brackets and wait till they finalize their brackets because you always always give us some great cheat sheets and tips ahead of the big tournament. Uh, I want to start off with the one seats. Let's let's go off with Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, Arizona in the West. Starting things off, you got Gonzaga who made it to the NCAA title two of the last four tournaments is this the year finally for Mike uh, for Mark Few and can he finally do it with the Zags 
I mean, I think it is. There's no clear favorite, I feel like, but I will pick Gonzaga to win the 2022 NCAA tournament. Wow. They're just so good. They're just so well-schooled. I mean, they don't they don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves. They want to play in transition all the time. And, like, if you're a St. Mary's, you can try to prevent that. But even if you game plan right for it, it's not always going to work out. They have one of the best guards in the country, Andrew Nemhard. They have Drew Timmy, who's really good. And Chet Holmgren, who might be the first overall pick. If you haven't watched much Gonzaga this year, Chet Holmgren is definitely worth the price of admission. He is awesome. Uh, and I think Gonzaga has a pretty easy pass in the Final Four. I think they can get past Duke this time. I don't see Duke beating them twice. I think Texas Tech will be one of the first three seeds to bow out of the tournament, and the rest of their region isn't particularly great. So I think Gonzaga will be able to cruise the Final Four. Wow, that's a great prediction right there uh, from Sean. Now let, let's go over to the East, and and also let's preview the Midwest, and let's couple these together. Baylor and Kansas, two of the Big 12 schools that we have uh, on this radar right now who are number one seeds. Which is poised for a deeper run of these two? It's Kansas because Baylor is just banged up. I mean, Jonathan Chamuachachua was such a big piece for them last year, and throughout this year he had an injury that sidelined him for the rest of the year, so he's done. That's a big piece gone because he's a big energy guy for him. And then LJ Cryer, who's their leading scorer, he hasn't played in like a month, and it, it doesn't it doesn't look great for him playing because he hasn't played in a while. So even if he does, he, he won't be uh, probably 100%. So Baylor's a tough one for me just because depth is so important this time of year. James Akinjo and Adam Flagler are really good, but those two will really have to have huge games if Baylor is able to go far. And they don't have an easy game in a potential second-round matchup between 8 and 9 seed Marquette in North Carolina. Both those teams can push Baylor, and I feel like uh, that'll be a trendy upset pick, having Baylor dropping in the round of 32. We're talking brackets right now with Sean Paul of Making the Madness Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Sean Paul. That's S-E-A-N, Paul, on Twitter. Let's go to, uh, in the south, Arizona, the other uh, number one seed. They are top 15 per Ken Palm in adjusted offense and defensive efficiency, which is really important because they're, they're one of the mo- mm-hmm. more consistent programs that you're going to watch in basketball. I-, I feel like the Wildcats can definitely make a run. Oh, I agree with you. I have them playing Gonzaga in the national title, and the storylines there are just so good. I mean, Tommy Lloyd, longtime assistant under Mark Few, that was his go-to guy as an assistant, and they play similar styles. So it'll be fun to watch those two if they inevitably meet up in New Orleans. And the thing about it is Arizona, Kirk Kreese went down with an ankle injury. Sounds like he's going to try to play this week. And even if he doesn't, Dale and Terry is really good. Six foot six. He can defend the four positions on the floor. You leave him open, he can hit at the ring, and he's a really good playmaker. So I think even if Crease is not 100%, I think Arizona can go far because their defense, because the style they play, they can shoot the ball. Benedict Matherin's going to be a lottery pick, and Christian Coloco might be the best overall defender in college basketball. So Arizona is a team I really like. Let's uh, go over to the two seeds and ping around those real quick. You already talked about Texas Tech being maybe the first three seed to bow out early on, but what about among the two seeds? you got Auburn, Duke, Kentucky, and Villanova. Who do you like out of this group, and who could get upset early? Yeah, I like Kentucky the most of those teams because of their draw. And I, in general, I think I like them more than just the other two seeds. But they have Baylor, who's probably the weakest one seed. I think Kentucky comes out of that region and goes to the Final Four. But in the second round, assuming they can win their first-round matchup, they could potentially face Murray State or San Francisco. And both those teams are really good mid-major teams that can push Kentucky. But Kentucky just has so many options with Oscar Sheeble and Kellen Grady. 
Ty Ty Washington, who's going to be an early NBA pick, and Severe Wheeler is a very crafty point guard. So they have a lot of options. But I would say uh, between those teams, one that I'm not super in on is Auburn because their point guard play is so inconsistent. Wendell Green and Katie Johnson. Katie Johnson just went 0 for 14 against Texas A&M the other day. And Wendell Green's had a couple games similar to that. So they really need to be a little more efficient scoring-wise with their guards. And if that happens, I think Auburn can go to the Final Four. I just haven't seen it enough to feel like that's going to happen. But they'll have the front court advantage in just about every game with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Do you have a team that you're just a little worried about who's maybe highly touted or ranked a little bit higher up there? I'll give you an example. Last year I thought uh, Illinois, just on paper, was just such a great team. And everybody was talking about Io DeSunmu. And and look at what he ends up being with the Chicago Bulls, just a fantastic player. I felt like his draft stock actually uh, lowered after the NCAA tournament last year and their early exit. Had he played throughout March, people would have probably taken Io, you know, in the in the NBA lottery last year. Who is that team? Who's that team this year? Because it's hard to tell with a, a couple different pretenders out there. But do you have one of those teams right there that you're a little worried about? Yeah, it's Texas Tech for me. I mean, they're a three seed, and I said they'll probably be the first three seed to bow out in my mind, just because guard play wins a lot of games in March, and they don't have a go-to point guard. I mean, Kevin McCullough, who's not a true point guard, has been their guy most of the year. He had an ankle sprain his back, but you don't know if he's 100%. So Adonis Arms has also been running the point a little bit, and TJ Shannon occasionally. But their best player is Bryson Williams. And he's been really good, but I just don't know how far this team can go if Karen Shannon is not being the guy that everybody thought he would be this year, and he hasn't. Injuries have been a part of that, but he just hasn't been consistent. They'll defend every single night. They're great on that end of the floor, one of the best in the country. So you know you're going to get that, but they don't shoot the ball well. They don't have consistent point guard play. I don't think Texas Tech's going to go very far this year. Okay, that's a great pick right there. Uh, again, we're talking with Sean Paul. If you got a question about your bracket, send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, and you can tag Sean Paul on Twitter. It's at Sean Paul CBB on Twitter. Uh, Sean, I want to do a quick segment with you, pick or pass, just quickly on mm-hmm. these matchups right here. Are you picking n- number 11 seed uh, Virginia Tech, who just won the ACC over Texas? Yeah, I'm picking them. I think Texas is uh, just really struggling. Virginia Tech's trending in the right direction. Okay, pick or pass. South Dakota State on a 21-game win streak against Providence. Pass. They're going to have a tough time defending Nate Watson down low. All right, Ohio State dealt with injuries, but they do have a great head coach. They're a seventh seed against Loyola Chicago. Pick or pass. Pass. The experienced Ramblers will be able to uh, just stop Ohio State. They've really struggled of late, too. Vermont, who's a 13 seed, is experience, efficiency, that's what they bring to the table. They, they're taking on Arkansas. Pick or pass? Pick. I mean, Ben Shungu and Ryan Davis, both really good options. They don't turn the ball over, and like you said, they're efficient. Give me the catamount. Okay, I like it. All right, let's uh, keep it local. New Mexico State, a 12 seed, taking on UConn, a 5 seed. This Is, is this the time where Chris Jans finally gets one? No, this is a bad matchup for New Mexico State. I'll pass. I mean, they're going to have trouble uh, with turning the ball over and facing the athleticism of UConn. Hey, real quick, just to go off on a quick tangent, did you see the news today, or the rumors, I should say, about Chris Jans being linked to the Kansas State job? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of high major gigs out there, so there's going to be a lot of names involved. So uh, I'm not surprised that he's one of them because he's done a really good job. Murray State, who's a 7 seed, taking on San Francisco, a 10 seed. I just love this game. 
Yeah, pick. I'm going to go with Murray State. Tevin Brown, Juice Hill, KJ Williams. That's just such a good trio. They have a little bit too, a little bit more athleticism than San Francisco, and they can shoot it. Okay, Chattanooga as a 13 seed taking on Illinois, a four seed. I'm a big fan of Malachi Smith. Mm, yeah, he's probably like one of my three favorite players in the country. I'm going to say pick Chattanooga. They'll they'll have some trouble defending Kofi Coburn, but Silvio DeSosa, Josh Ianni, and Avery Diggs. They at least give you some some options to throw at him, and you know you can at least like make shots difficult. And if you foul him, send him to the foul line. Okay, so, uh, that, that's what I think. I like that. Now let's go buy or sell on these on these teams right here. Okay, Iowa, huge Big Ten run, and they had that big win against Purdue. Are you buying or selling Iowa? Buying all the way. I, I have them going to the Final Four. Wow, out of the Midwest region, you have Iowa. Wow, that's awesome right there. All right, let's that, keep. That's a lot trendier of a pick too. Like I feel like a lot of people have that. Interesting. Now, Tennessee out of the South, what what do you think about them? They took the SEC, I felt, with ease. Yeah, I'll say I'll say sell. I don't see them getting past the Sweet 16. What about Houston? They've got an interesting matchup against Conference USA's own and UAB. What, what do you think about them? I'll say they beat UAB, but they'll lose in the round of 32 to either Chattanooga or Illinois. So I'll say... But I think they win their first round game. Okay, do you buy or sell a longer run for UCLA because they lost to Arizona in the Pac-12 championship, but they return a lot of guys from last year's big run? I'll say buy. I think they get to the Elite Eight, but a lot of that is due to their draw. And hey, that's what March is all about. Houston made the Final Four with a relatively weak draw last year. So I'll say that UCLA makes the Elite Eight. Sean, who are some other sleepers that we haven't mentioned today uh, that you'd like for people to keep on their radar? Yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech's definitely a good one. We talked about them a little bit, but just to get into it more, I mean, they're really hot right now. They can really shoot the basketball. Mike Young's a great coach, and they kind of cruise against Duke. That game wasn't particularly close, and they've really gotten some guys from the bench to step up of late. So that's one I like quite a bit. Uh, But just kind of looking at the rest of it, I think UConn as a five seed is a little interesting because I feel like that's going to be a bit of a trendy upstate going with New Mexico State over them, but I think they can get to the Sweet 16, play Gonzaga. I don't think they'll beat Gonzaga, but I think they can compete with Gonzaga with all the size and athleticism they have. They have an experienced point guard, R.J. Cole. They have two guys that are really athletic at 6'6", Andre Jackson, Tyrese Martin, both averaging 7-plus rebounds a game, Adama Sanogo inside. So I really like UConn. Hey, those are two great picks right there. I'm just going to ping around to the South and the Midwest real quick. Now, in the Midwest, you really like Iowa. And uh, what could you tell us a little bit more about Iowa and their potential matchup against Kansas? Uh, I guess maybe thinking a little bit further in the bracket. Yeah, I think we'll see that matchup there in the uh, Sweet 16. Keegan Murray is the best player in the country. He's averaging 23 a game, eight rebounds, two blocks. He's shooting 40% from three, 56% on field goals like that. Those are ridiculous numbers. Those are video game numbers from Keegan Murray. He's just a mismatch for every team they'll face. And their experience, they really defend this year. They're much better. They can press you a little bit. Uh, Candace is a great team, too. Ochai Abaji is going to be an early NBA draft pick. But I do have questions about how Remy Martin's going to play. He had a great game uh, against Texas Tech, but he's been hurt a lot of the year and a little inconsistent before that. And then David McCormick's had some up and da- ups and downs. I really think they're too reliant on Abaji at times, which could be what ends up hurting them. Where Iowa, Keegan Murray can have 12 points, which doesn't happen often, but if he does, his brother Chris Murray can step up, or a guy like Peyton Sanford can step up off the bench. Jordan Bohannon, who's been at Iowa for a long time, can step up. They just have more options, I feel like. 
And I think Iowa will be able to knock them off. I feel like Iowa's always so comfortable. Whenever I watch them play, even from a deficit, they just always look in control of the game. I, I, I think that's a product of their of their experience, the, the players that they have around. But I, I just always feel like, man, whenever they, they're in a the game, they're just so comfortable. And they control it when, when, however they'd like. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game the other day against Indiana, they were down seven with three minutes left, and they come back, they hit that miraculous shot from Jordan Bohannon. That's that super senior not worrying under pressure situation from Bohannon. So if there's a spot like that in the tournament, I trust Bohannon to hit a shot, but Keegan Murray is also going to be a top-five pick probably. So he's just such a fun player to watch. So if you haven't checked out Iowa much, Keegan Murray is definitely a name to watch. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean Paul CBB. That's at Sean Paul CBB. Making the Madness podcast. You can check him out on MountainWestWire.com for some of the uh, contributing articles that he has. But also check him out on Patreon. You just five dollars gets you great premium content for college basketball. All from Sean Paul. Sean, really appreciate the time today. Thanks again as always. Before we let you go, one last question. UTEP's in a postseason tournament called the Basketball Classic. Do you like these postseason? season tournaments not named uh the ncaa tournament or the nit uh yeah i mean i think it's a good experience for those mid-major schools for especially for like younger teams maybe a team with a newer coach like joe goulding i think that's a good experience for teams to see some of that march action even though it's not the ncaa tournament it's not the nit you're still getting to play basketball in march hey appreciate all the stuff today sean and keep up the great work yeah thank you for having me again all right, Sean Paul joining us on the phone lines right now. Now you got your tips and and uh, and all the predictions that you need for the college basketball tournament coming up uh, this week. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls, more tweets as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. As we continue here on the show, our telephone number, 880-5763. That's the number to get into the show, 600 ESPN El Paso, also on Twitter as we continue here on Sports Talk. We've had guests galore here on a busy Monday uh, edition of Sports Talk, filling in for Steve Kaplowitz as he's out uh, for some for uh, spring break. He'll be back in action uh, on the 21st, so a week from today. But if you'd like to get in and talk anything in, in the sporting world, now is the time to do it at 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue. A lot of things still to get to today. Uh, we led with um, kind of an overview of all the different things going on in the world of sports. Uh, we talked a little bit about the UTEP Miners, of course, playing against Western Illinois. That one tipping off tomorrow at 5 o'clock. In response to that, this coming in right now from Rick Villavala. This this is what he says. He says, Ticket Center is closed. They should stay open late on a day before the game. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what to tell you there, Rick. I'm... I was directed to just go to utepminers.com slash tickets uh, to try to you know tell everybody that's the best place to go. So I'm sure you can go online to just pick up those $10 tickets. But yeah, I understand if you prefer going in person, uh, that's that's very challenging when the ticket center's closed. Um, I know they open tomorrow at 830, and uh, that'll be an opportunity for people to still go get those tickets for Western Illinois. This tweet coming in from Steve on Wrestler. Not a single player or coach would take an NIT title over a one-and-done at the big dance. That's equivalent of going undefeated in the NFL preseason but missing the playoffs. I'm happy they're playing, and I'll be there tomorrow, but the goal is much higher. 
Uh, I agree with you completely, Steve on Wrestler. I also think that, you know, hey, with, with the Miners going into this tournament, it's great. It's a great celebration for the fans. It's a great celebration for the players. Uh, they've been through a lot this year, both, you know, ups and downs. And, you know, in the middle of the season, if you would have told me that this team would be playing postseason basketball at all, I would have said you're crazy. They, they, this was a team that was barely over 500, that was dealing with injuries, dealing with adversity that was just hitting them left and right, and they end up uh, here in a postseason tournament, which is you know a big credit to the players and this coaching staff and what they've been able to do this season. So I think for those reasons right there, it's worth the price of admission, just 10 bucks to go out and watch the Miners possibly one last time. Uh, and, and a lot of people have been wondering, well, Where's the bracket to this? The Basketball Classic doesn't have a, ba- a bracket yet. Well, that's exactly correct. There hasn't been a bracket released yet uh, out of this uh, postseason tournament just yet. So I, I would say that if you're planning uh, to watch the Miners tomorrow, also know that they might be playing here again at the Haskins Center if given the opportunity and if the, you know the schedule lines up and if they're granted uh, a home game by the tournament but the minors uh you know it, it's largely based on crowd it's based on seeding and things like that and I do know that the minors are a higher seed compared to some of the other teams but I also know that this tournament's trying to get things rolling basically you know uh, last minute, like they're still trying to get some contracts finalized. They're still trying to field some teams. You're still seeing some announcement, uh, some some announcements happening left and right, just from different schools announcing that they'll be involved in the basketball challenge or excuse me, the basketball classic. But uh, still, do not know a bracket yet. I'll tweet that out once we get that on my Twitter page at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, we do know a couple different matchups right now. The only other teams that are playing tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday, March 15th, include USC Upstate and Appalachian State. That one tips off tomorrow at 6.30. We know, of course, Western Illinois and UTEP at 7 o'clock. And then, um, actually, just recently happened, so this is the schedule for March 16th. Here are some other schools that are involved, by the way. Wofford is involved to finish 19-13. and 13. Coastal Carolina out of the Sun Belt to finish 16-13. and 13. Uh, uh, This is Morgan State. Who actually had a losing record, thirteen and fourteen overall. Youngstown State with an eighteen and fourteen record. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana, South Alabama's in this league. Florida Gulf Coast, who finished twenty-one and eleven, is in this league. Detroit is in this uh, postseason tournament. Fourteen and fifteen is what Detroit finished this year. Uh, you also look at teams like so- uh, Southern Utah, Kent State, Eastern Washington, uh, Portland, New Orleans. Those are the teams right now that we've got on the radar for the Basketball Classic. Fresno State also on the radar. 19-13 and 13 is what Fresno State finished off. And, of course, they have former minor uh, Deion Stroud still on their roster. 8805763, our telephone number to uh, get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. want to remind everybody. Uh, 600 ESPN El Paso and 915 Tours will bring you the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. That's right, the Men's College Basketball Tournament is about to start. If you correctly predict 60 or more games, you'll win $10,000. That's all you have to do. 60 out of 64 and you, you win ten grand. If you predict every game in this bracket, 
you win a million dollars. The best, the best local bracketologist will win a thousand dollars thanks to nine one five tours. You can register online today. Six hundred espnelpaso.com. The tournaments are already selected. You can fill out your brackets, and the tournament gets started this week, March seventeenth. Million dollar bracket challenge brought to you by nine one five tours, who's taking El Pasoans to Dallas to see WrestleMania thirty eight live in person. You can check out travel packages, check out the round trip travel process, and check out the two-day tickets online today at 915tours.com. As we continue here on Sports Talk 8805763, our telephone number 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, man, I feel for Padres fans right now. Fernando Tatis Jr., a fractured left wrist. Kevin AC talked about it today and said that, you know, it look, looking a little grim for this year. Um, AJ Preller, president of baseball operations out there for San Diego, claims that he might need surgery as well. That's a tough, these are all tough things right here for, uh, you know, the San Diego Padres to be dealing with right now with their superstar in Fernando Tatis, the guy, the same person that they paid all this money to. And he's expected to miss a significant portion of this season. Now, I don't want this narrative to go out there, oh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is injury prone. He's dealt with injuries for the younger part of his career so far, which has just been unfortunate. I don't know how much of this will be a product of the future with him. Uh, I do know this. This was a minor motorcycle accident that happened in December. Uh, Tatis Jr. fell, and then he he also um, he fell in this motorcycle accident, and he hurt his wrist. He had a bunch of bruises and things like that, but he didn't think it was fractured or anything. He kind of felt like at the point, this is according to Fernando Tatis Jr., he always, uh, he actually talked about this as feeling like his uh, his like wrist was jammed kind of similar to what he felt like when he slid, slid into second or third base so that's how Fernando Tatis uh, kind of felt when this initially happened back in December when he experienced that motorcycle accident doctors felt like he re-aggravated it that's after they looked at this hand uh, and wrist today and over these past couple weeks and and try to assess the situation Hassam Kim is going to be the short-term fill-in in the infield for the Padres but man long-term this this can really hurt this group who was expecting I'm not talking about hoping expecting for a big season this year as they try to get to the playoffs and play some postseason baseball and and make a run out of it and um, you know without their superstar and Fernando Tatis man that makes it things so much more difficult 8805763 if you'd like to weigh in on the show 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter as we continue here on Sports Talk today Want to also get into more MLB free agency news. Matt Olson signing to the Braves via an Oakland trade. This is an interesting one because now the Braves will get the star first baseman, but more than this, it really just shows you the domino effects that will happen after this. It signals the fact that Freddie Freeman could be done in Atlanta. And I know they'd kind of gone back and forth on both sides and stuff like that. They'd hinted that, you know, you're just probably departing in free agency. Now now you really know it right here. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson right here is his replacement from Oakland. They gave up, you know, prospects and different things like that. And now your star first baseman from Oakland is, is heading to Atlanta and he'll bolster the Braves infield in a big way a couple other trades to get to uh this one the athletic is still reporting that Colorado the Rockies they're still interested in Chris Bryant a deal could get done within the next couple days uh curious to see if anybody else steps in and tries to acquire Chris Bryant as well uh another one to get to today Seattle 
is acquiring all-star outfielder Jesse Winker from the Reds. And oh man, if you're a if you're a Cincinnati fan, this is a tough one to to really come to terms with. I know that you had to get rid of Suarez's horrible contract that was included in the deal, but it with this you're offloading an all-star outfielder in Jesse Winker, which I'm not sure uh, if that's the right move for the Reds right now. I know if you're a fan, this must infuriate you. If you're a Cincinnati fan, uh, it just seems like Cincy right now is offloading as much money as they can on their current payroll, and uh, let's see what they do in the future. But yeah, for Seattle. What a great acquisition right there. Jesse Winker, phenomenal player. I really liked him in the outfield last year, and I thought he exploded on the scene. Maybe Cincinnati thinks, well, that was probably a you know a real good year for the All-Star, but I don't know what his future really holds, and maybe that's why they ended up doing this as well. But I, I don't know. I, I would bank on the long term with Jesse Winker. I think he's a phenomenal outfielder, and uh, he'll, be, he'll be great in Seattle. Let's keep it moving. Let's talk some NFL free agency real quick. A couple quick hitters that came in during Sports Talk today. Uh, Green Bay re-signed linebacker Devondre Campbell, and he'll stay with the Packers. That's a huge, huge uh, sign for the Packers to keep on their end. Now, with the news that Aaron Rodgers is staying with the Packers, you've started to see some of these, uh, you know, uh, soon-to-be free agents, so to speak, from the Packers decline entering that free agency period and just re-sign with the Packers, thinking that they could run it back and make a deep postseason run. So you can't blame him. Can't blame Campbell at all. And I thought he was a, a pretty solid linebacker for the Packers last year. And so, uh, yeah, Green Bay continues to lock down guys left and right. Miami made some significant moves today. They got Cedric Wilson from uh, the Cowboys. They got quarterback Teddy Bridgewater from the Broncos. They expect Teddy B to be the backup to Tua Tungavailoa, which is interesting in itself. Uh, the Jaguars have been busy signing people left and right as well. Trying to bolster their offensive line is probably atop their priority and keeping uh, Trevor Lawrence protected, their prized possession number one quarterback of last year's draft. Uh, Christian Kirk goes to the Jags this year. Another tool for uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence to work with a wide out. He played with the Arizona Cardinals these past couple years. Uh, I thought he was a, a solid third wide out for the Cardinals. Let's see what he could do uh, in Jacksonville under this offense. And of course, new head coach uh, Doug Peterson and what he could do over there. Uh, my favorite signing of the day by far. Chargers signing cornerback J.C. Jackson from the New England Patriots. I'll tell you why this was so significant right here. Now, J.C. Jackson is considered to be one of the best shutdown corners that you're going to find in the NFL. I just, I, I really like what J.C. Jackson has done all year long. And uh, J.C. Jackson is one of those players who is almost a once-in-a-generation type of talent. Now, Bill Belichick obviously felt confident enough in him getting better cornerbacks down the line. Like, Bill Belichick, I feel like, always is planning for the future, and it's hard for him to pay his current players because he'd rather, you know, go out and develop uh, another corner or find that, uh, you know, that untapped gem in the draft and really try to develop that kind of player. But look at the Chargers and what they've been able to do this offseason. First off, they get J.C. Jackson uh, from the from the uh, the New England Patriots. Of course, they have Joey Bosa already locked in on their roster as one of the best pass rushers in the league, maybe not named his brother T.J. Watt. Derwin James in their secondary as well. He's missed some, uh, some time due to injuries, but he's expected back in 2022 in this upcoming fall. And they also traded for Khalil Mack from the Bears. So, you're kind of seeing Brandon Staley, head coach for Los Angeles, 
take a page out of his former mentor's uh, head coach, Sean McVay. Remember, he was with the Rams, Brandon Staley, as their offensive uh, – it's not really the offensive coordinator because they don't really have an OC over there, but it's like an offensive role out there like the offensive special assistant over there at the Rams. Brandon Staley gets hired to be the Chargers head coach, and look at what he does. He makes these one-year type of deals. He makes these different trades left and right to try to acquire as much star power as he really can and uh, go from there. Now, I think the Chargers, what they've done this offseason, has been one of those things where it's kind of the Rams model. It's trying to win right now. It's trying to show that you can be competitive in the postseason. And look at the AFC West, the way it's stacked right now. You've got, of course, the Chiefs, and they're going to be good year after year with the with the three-headed monster in, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, I, I just consider those three uh, top three in all of those positions, tight end, wide receiver, and quarterback. You have uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are not content with losing anymore. They want to win under Josh McDaniels, their new head coach, uh, who replaced Rich Bisaccia from last year. That's a solid team who's got some veteran dudes across the field, uh, and they want to be competitive. They want to win this year. You look at the Los Angeles Chargers and what they did. I mean, of course they had to do this kind of stuff because they look right across and they see the Denver Broncos making all the moves they can to acquire Russell Wilson. The AFC West is going to be absolutely stacked. It's just like the NFC West, uh, but you know, on the AFC side of things, and uh, what they've done this offseason, what the Chargers have done to bolster their defense and try to get better, what the Broncos have done to try to be a contender with Russell Wilson and Vegas trying to do whatever they can to acquire talent left and right. Yeah, this is going to be an exciting division to watch. 880-5763, our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Let's bring on Victor, who's joining us next on the show. He wants to talk a little UTEP basketball. Victor, good evening. What's going on? No, 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 not not UTEP basketball, Adrian. I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What's going on, man? Not UTEP basketball. Anyway, I have a couple of uh, questions, um, and I'll um, finish both questions, and then you can chime in, Adrian, okay? Perfect. Um, what's the latest on Coach Atkinson? Um, has Mario made a decision one way or another whether or whether or not to renew her contract? I'm not too one. sure about that one. I'm not. I'll look that oh. one up, but keep going. Okay. Number two, um, isn't it possible in any way, shape, or form to um, have KDBC request that uh, that the Aggie UConn game be shown? Um, I, I I know it's not it's not going to be on CBS. I know that it's going to be on TNT. But is there any provisions or any way, shape, or form that that can that can happen, or is that just not possible? No matter what anybody does to make that possibility happen. Okay, well, I'm going to answer your first question real quick, um, Victor, and I'm surprised that these were your two questions that you didn't ask about Chris Jans. I'm really surprised about that, but uh, we'll get into that in just a second. First off, with your Atkinson question, nothing has been uh, made official or signaled as official or anything. They finished 10-19 and in women's basketball this year. They were 6-12 and in the WAC. They lost three straight to close out their season and didn't win a single game on the road. 0-12 on the year. 
uh, for New Mexico State. So that's all we know right there. No, nothing uh, on our end that we know about Coach Atkinson uh, remaining as the head coach, but I would just assume so until told otherwise. Now, your second question, there's no way to flex it. Absolutely no way at all. And it's not because of CBS. It's not, it's all the, t- it's all the Turner, uh, Turner and Warner Brother and all that kind of stuff. Uh, their television rights, they have already preset most of these matchups and they say, well, if it's a one seed, they're going to be playing on CBS. Or if it's a three versus, you know, t- um, you know, three versus 14 seed, it's going to be on CBS. Whatever it may be, those are, most of these things are predetermined unless it's a, a real standout matchup. But unfortunately, your plea will not come to fruition. It's not, it's not anything to do with what the local channels can do. It's just uh, the contractual obligations by the this uh, college basketball tournament from everything that I know. Uh, and I'll close it out by asking you, how confident are you, Victor, in your head coach and Chris Jans returning next year? I am very confident, unless I hear otherwise. Like, like, ah, like, like you like, turned like, it over like, to me. I love it. Like, like you said about Coach Atkinson, you know, um, <laughs> I. It, it's too early to think about anything right now. You know, the Aggies still have the Aggies have to play their first round game, and I hope to God that it's not an, it's not another one and done year. But I something tells me it's not going to be. Okay. I, I I have some really really. Um, good safe vibe feeling about the Saggy team. I really do. Wow. Okay, man. And uh, you, so you didn't like the Chris Jans to Kansas State rumors at all today? No, no. I, I, I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. I, that, no, no, what, I thought what, that's what, why what, you were calling today, Victor. Well, uh, real oh, no. quick, Jeff Goodman, no. uh, he, he's a national college basketball writer. He tweeted out today that uh, Chris Jans is in the mix along with Jerome Tang from Baylor and Golden from San Francisco, the University of San Francisco. Those three are the names that are being floated out there right now for the Kansas State job opening. Wow. That's no bueno. I'm sorry, Victor. You're going to be calling every day now. I know, probably five or six times a day, if you know me. Hey, it's great to talk to you, Victor. You take care and appreciate uh, giving us a call here on the show. Likewise, my friend. Take care. All right. Uh, Let's take a time out right now. When we come back, final countdown is next. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.